You know, on March 14th, our friend and Change the Story previous guest, Xavier de Frepoles, also known as the Fantastic Negrito, will hear if he has garnered his third Grammy in five years for his 2020 release, Have You Lost Your Mind Yet? To help nudge the stars into alignment for Xavier, we are rebroadcasting our Episode 6 conversation with him. This episode not only includes great music and, of course, fantastic stories, but also an inspiring dialogue on the next steps for the coming community revival. It's early 2015, and I'm sitting in my living room watching the rain and wind turn my windows into a drip collage of streaking grays and greens. The phone rings. It's daughter Heather. As usual, she's quick. She says, I just shot you a text with a link. Just watch and listen, and I'll call you later. It was a YouTube page with the NPR logo and a frozen frame of four musicians crammed into what looked like an abandoned freight elevator behind a small makeshift desk. As I moved to click, I'm thinking, desk? Oh yeah, tiny desk. Then this hit me. Lost in a crowd, you feel your thoughts out loud. Lost in the wilderness. knocked out. This was a one-mic, one-take video with the pulsing power of a locomotive. That tall, skinny guy up front with the voice that stretches like a rubber band says, get through the day, don't drown. But I'm drowning, in a good way, in the music. Center for the Study of Art and Community. This is Change the Story, Change the World. I'm Bill Cleveland. Part one. Grio. Heather tells me his name is Xavier. Xavier de Perpoles lives down the street from Heather with his wife and kids, and from time to time their families hang out. I thank her for the gift of connection. Since winning the tiny desk, things have more than taken off for Xavier, who goes by Fantastic Negrito on stage. Two Grammys for Best Contemporary Blues Albums in 2016 and 2018 have fueled nonstop global touring and an international fan base. It's also given Xavier a platform as a changemaker in his beloved hometown of Oakland, California. Over the past few years, Xavier and I have connected over both music and a shared passion for the power of imagination and story to make a difference for struggling people and communities. Xavier's own story exemplifies this belief and commitment. One of 14 children, Xavier grew up with an obvious musical bent and a seemingly smooth road to musical notoriety. But a near-fatal car crash that put him in a three-week coma and left him with a disfigured hand provided a hard scrabble detour that has spawned the birth of Fantastic Negrito's one-of-a-kind explosion of 21st century roots music. We met together at his studio a few weeks before the pandemic tilt. Actually, I was just realizing 
the last time we were together, you were doing the same thing for the second album as you're doing for the third. So I'm going to fire away with some questions and oh. Xavier. Yes. Yeah. What is it you do in the world? I feel like I serve as a healer. I feel like I serve as a, uh, a person in the community that has something to contribute to the narrative, that has something to contribute to the human saga. I feel like I, I'm an artist, musician. Um, I tell stories that I hope are helpful to people. My new record's called Have You Lost Your Mind Yet? And a lot of it is based on people. Like a lot, my other albums were based on this big thing that I'm trying to fight, this system, the proliferation of pills and last days of Oakland and gentrification and this big thing that's happening. But this record is about people. And it's the hardest record I've ever made because it's it's not something big that you're fighting, that you're imagining is your 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 problem, your nemesis. It's the people right in the community, it's the engineer you're working with. It's your buddy. It's yourself. So I write stories about people, places and things and hope that they are um contributive and medicinal to people's lives. So you have told your life story many times, eloquently, but there are many musicians who would not articulate their work in the way that you just did. Talk to me how you came to that definition of your work. Well, through a lot of failure, through a lot of uh, trials, tribulations, doubt, crime. Uh, yeah, a lot of really negative things and overcoming a lot of obstacles. You know, there's going to be obstacles, but the problem is, how do we deal with it? You know what I mean? Yes. So, I think I've arrived here, especially as, have you lost your mind yet? Because, you know, we're now in this period, man, where we're just getting all this information. And I don't know if we're really meant to handle all this information. Mm. But, and I think people are, there's record levels of anxiety and mental illness. It's not the mental illness of people walking down the street talking to themselves, those people are probably actually okay, because they're not living in this insane video game world that we're living in, where we're justifying who we are based on how many views do you have, well, how many likes do you have, well, how many followers do you have. We're now validating ourselves based on those statistics, which are really quite irrelevant, because how many followers did um, Hitler have? <laughs> he had a lot of them. Yes, he did. How many followers did Michael Jackson have? Yes. And he and he died on the floor. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, how many followers did Prince have? How many followers? Let's get to the younger generation. How many followers did Juice World have? The guy who died 21 years old, riding in his own plane with 70 pounds of marijuana, and he overdoses on promethazine or whatever the hell it is. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does. And actually, I mean, the way, the way you describe it is, is that you've gone from, the, from, from the, the big story, the broad story, the universal story, yeah. the obvious confrontations that we're having on a regular basis on the front page of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And now you're looking, I mean, in essence... Well, now I'm looking at you. Yes. And you're also, <laughs> what you're doing is, is you're going hyper-local. I like that because then it, the ball's in your court. Yeah, well, it's also, touch. you could touch, you touch and feel and see. So here's a question related to that. Mm. At the end of the day, what is it that you want to have happen as a result of your work? Well, what I would love to have happen is uh, to help bring about some balance. 
because I think that's in the end is what it's all about. And I'm a parent. I'm a member of this human community and I would like to do what I think human beings feel the most fulfilled when they do is just contribute and have a voice and hopefully help make a difference and hopefully all the things that have not stopped me because there's been a lot of things that were supposed to I can now use them as a means to teach our youth and that's I think that's what this life is it's about we live we get beat up we go to what we go to and then we're, we're older then we can help the others come on and we can make that road easier mm. there's a yeah. word for that you know griot it is a, adapted by m many cultures yeah. who have uh, basically uh, recognized that in their traditions, right. uh, the older you get, the more you might have to pass on to one who is younger. Well, you're, well, you're more valuable. But yes, you know, I don't think we do that here in Not the West. Not so well. <laughs> but I think that that's you know, you got to live outside of the box if you want to be successful in America. Yes. Sure, it's a great country, but I tell you what, you better live outside of the box here. So. In, in your work, how do you know when the thing you just described, which is making a contribution and bringing potentially some balance, how do you know when that's happening? I know what's happening when I don't fear the kids walking down the street because I know I've done my part and you can feel the vibration. Because we fear these kids. These kids, they're coming. They look scary. You know, they're, they're sagging, all that, you know. And I feel like when I feel kind of comfortable, I, I feel like, you know, this is something much bigger than all this stuff that's happening. And I know I've done my part when I can look him in the eye like this. And I'm doing my part. I'm not scared of you. I love you. And I'm here for you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I know it when I can look in the mirror. I know it when I can sleep at night, when I don't have a guilty conscience. I know it when I'm not judging people who haven't been as fortunate as I am, which is a quite popular thing to do these days. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and I, I'm the hardest person I've got to face every day. Yes. So I, as long as I know that, I'm doing it right. You know, I'm, I'm the asshole in the room, you know, and I've got to get past this dude and make him make all the right decisions. But that's how it is. Yeah, when I don't fear these so-called predator on the streets. So, um, when you're in the music, yes. do you see the visceral evidence of, the, of these, this kind of change in front of you? Well, I don't think I see it. I think I feel it. Feel it. The feeling, one thing about music or creativity, you feel it. Because you're, you're channeling into these... This is... I didn't do nothing, let me just say that. I ain't done nothing. These seeds were planted a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I come from a whole long line of people, man, that laid this down way before me. And I didn't even know all of them. People laid this shit down. I've said it before. Hey, the Black Panthers laid it down. Hey, the Hells Angels laid it down. Whether you like them or not, they laid it down. The Grateful Dead laid it down. Sly laid it down. You know, Too Short laid it down. Um, the guy at... Cal Berkeley in the 80s who got me up the street, had me boxing, laid it down. The people that came here in the 30s from the Dust Bowl, they laid it down. The Chinese people that came to build railroads, they, hey, this shit's been getting laid down for us 
for so long, when you can connect with those vibrations, then you can feel your purpose and you can feel life happening. And when you're in touch with that, you're in pretty good shape because there's a lot of protection in that context. So the image that comes into my mind is um, an archaeologist going through layers and layers and layers like of this. stories. Yeah. of stories laid on top of one another, not em emerging from from nowhere. From nowhere, that's bullshit. And yeah. people who make that up are insane. They're entrepreneurs. They're, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up, buddy. Yeah, you're right. I just had an engineer I'm working with is from Argentina, and he just said that this morning. He's like, there's a lot of things imposed on us that are people who want to make a lot of money. And I was like, fuck, listen to this young Argentinian dude, yeah, it's universal. But we know that, but we can't get out of our own fucking way, can Because there's fear. Because I'm scared of you, and you're kind of scared of me, and you come from here, and I come from there, and they told us, hey, you gotta watch out for those black people. And they, hey, man, the white people are trying to kill you, man. You, 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 you getting a flu shot? Oh, no, don't do that. Immunization, oh, no, those white people, they, they're gonna get you. Hey, the Mexicans are coming. They got a lot of that shit. They got a lot of Every that shit, Bill. single day. And that's Every a bunch of day. fucking bullshit. It is. Excuse my language. No, no, no. It, it, it really is. And so we got to fight that shit. Yes. And that shit is us. Yes. yes. I got to look in the mirror. I got to go, man. Like, I got to say, have you lost your mind? I got to do that. And I'm like, yeah. Because when we can do that, when I can talk to you and look at you and shake your hand, uh, when I can have dinner with you, how come we can't have dinner? Why? Cause they got us like, oh fuck, I gotta do this, oh shit, this year and I gotta text this and I gotta do this, and oh shit, wait, how many likes do I have? And, and, and we don't even talk to each other. Yes. We don't look at each other. So here's an interesting thing to think about. The human species evolved as a, as a mechanism for cooperation. Yeah. That's how we're wired. It's how we're wired. It is how we survived. Yes. As we become more isolated into Ooh, the world of, of likes, Ooh, okay, it, which it is not a relationship. It's, it's slavery. It you is. You call it voluntary it is, slavery. It is, voluntary. The is the tyranny of, of comfort and pseudo-information and pseudo-relationships. Pseudo-information is work because it's not information. No. I used, my dad was like, there's no television in this African accent. You're not to watch television. You read the book. So I read books for hours, land there fucking reading books. And I it was I got a, to know some stuff. Strict guy. Yeah, but now it's like, yeah, Siri, tell me, what's the capital of Uzbekistan? You know? Pakistan. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's bullshit. Yes. That's not knowledge. It is. So then let's talk about Uzbekistan. You can't. Who are they? How'd they become you know what I mean? You don't it's not it's not, it's you said it. Pseudo information and they have children they love each other yeah. they have families exactly they're struggling with the exact same question oh, how do i make my family safe and how do i thrive can in i tell world? you man i've last year i hit six continents and i can't tell you how real that is it's so real people same thing part two the letter to fear your songs are stories the stories Okay, so can I just mention some of your stories here? Sure. Who is Benny Walker? Story of Benny Walker, the greatest hit of all time. Oh, what a thing. 
who is a notorious, it's my grandmother's brother, so that's called my granduncle. I forget, whatever, it's grandma's brother. He was a tall, good looking dude, mulatto looking dude from deep southern Virginia. Those are the summers I used to spend in deep southern Virginia, which really gave me a lot of my sound later. But Uncle Benny was a slick dude, and man, he liked the ladies, he liked to drink, painted on mustache. Um, yeah, he was just a character, very quiet, very soft spoken. Had uh, moved up to Harlem and was doing all kinds of stuff there, owned a hotel in Harlem, and was doing all kinds of deals on the side. So Uncle Benny, you know, I got all these people, characters that I grew up with, and you, you couldn't write this dude into a movie, they wouldn't believe you. The greatest hater of all time. He so, told Grandma, like I was in shit, like this boy, well, I was a drug dealing maniac from uh, Oakland, I was coming to Virginia, and he just was like, no, nah, this kid have money, you don't have a job, he knew. So I was like, he's a hater, but I, you know, he wasn't a hater, he was trying to protect, but at the same time, he, was a, he did his death too. So this is the song, you know, the, 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 this, um, this bad by necessity thing. This, if you don't have a, a devil, you can't be saved. Well, of course, that's the biggest lie ever. It's sold, not told. There should be a class taught on that. That is how every civilization has conquered and controlled other nations and its populace from Genghis Khan to... The Chinese say Genghis Khan was the bad guy is going to get us. He actually did get you. You know, but yeah, it's the Romans did it. You know, everybody does it. We do it. Twisting an already wired in impulse that something we're not familiar with might be dangerous. It's a, it's a good sales point. There's 1% of us that are just kind of clever, hate to say it, and kind of heartless. Man, I could do all kinds of shit. I always think of the shit I could do. Damn, I could do that. I could steal that. Copyright, I could do that. Yep. I just, it ain't in me. I could have been a pimp. I don't like that. I don't like it. I'm not wired that way, but I know, I grew up with some dudes that were killers. Bill, they were fucking cold-hearted killers. Yes. But I couldn't do it, man. I had the gun. I was, these dudes robbed me, and you know that story, and I couldn't do it. They're like, you gotta go get them. I was like, they did rob me, they humiliated me, they took 50 grand from me. I can't do it. I can't. So, that cold November cold Street. Street. Okay, so there's this boy who isn't really there. Yeah, there's a boy who's not really there. I think I was talking about myself as a runaway. This boy, he's a man, because I had to live on the streets at 12. And I saw everything and sometimes I had to be like I'm not here. I saw a lot of things that children shouldn't see. There's a boy, he's a man and there's really no chance. He's standing next to me and the whole world stares like he's really not there on a cold November street. Would you invisible? Yes and yes. 
I know white people don't want to hear it, and I wrote a song. It's called "The Suit That Won't Come Off." That's really that's down here. Yeah, I mean, you're invisible. These two things together automatically. It's a trip. I gotta do, and it's this country mostly, because I'm in. I notice this. You know, this is on our minds as black people. I'm in Japan. I'm on the elevator. I'm like, what's gonna happen? Nobody grabs that purse. Nobody executes. I'm in France. The beautiful, beautiful French white girl. She's coming. Going to her hotel. I mean, her um, apartment, you know, have you been to France? Yes. And they're, they're right there on the street. Yes. Oh, bonsoir. Like, just so calm. I was like, fuck. You know, it's an old white lady in England, man. Midnight, I'm out walking, doing my thing. No fear, Bill. No fear of me. No, we got a different movie. And I was here. like, holy fuck. Yes. That shit changed. I'm in Istanbul. I'm walking down the street. They come out. What are you from? You come, you eat with us. Sit down, you eat with us. I'm like, fuck. Fuck. You treat me like I'm human. You're not scared of me. I believe black males, by the, we, by the time we get into our 50s, our nervous system is so fucked up from this shit. It's internalized. It's so bad. Yes. Because you're just tired of it. Second guess, but mostly the fear thing. Look, when I was 12 years old, it was the first time a policeman put a gun on me. And I remember, I was like, wow, this is weird. I'm, this guy's scared of me. This big, strong, white... Powerful. He needs to pull that gun. And I, but I was shocked. Yes. Do you understand me? Yes. Like I was shocked. Like this dude fears me. Like why? I'm not. And I remember when I was 16, another guy, another guy stopped me in Berkeley. I just had my license. Right on university, liberal ass Berkeley. Stops me for whatever reason. I said, I've got a license. He walks back to his car like this. We live in that fucking world. Yes. I live in the world where it's like, I live in the Oakland Hills and I see Black Lives Matter signs on white people's lawns, but they're looking at me like, is he gonna is rob me? Gonna... Exactly, what's he doing here? <laughs> yeah, and then let's, 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 um, so we gotta live with that. Yes. And I can preach a sermon for 10 hours on that. But, do we as black people help perpetuate that sometimes? Have we not, that is some real shit. Like, what are we teaching our kids that, and I say we, all of us, that they'd be like, yeah, you know, nigga, up here, motherfucking nigga, I'm sagging, I'm hard, nigga. Why we keep passing that shit on? You gotta be hard, you gotta... Man, I kiss my son every day. I tell him I love him. And I grab his head and I kiss him, I kiss his face. Like, we, as black people, too, there's some accountability. People don't want to hear that shit. Bill, that makes him uncomfortable when I say that one. But there's some, it, it, it's a two-way thing. We're doing this thing in America. All, all humans have to be accountable. But we gotta, at some point, talk to each other. Exactly. Got, I wanna do a town hall, like this. And I want the white people to stand the fuck up and say, you know what? I'm kinda scared of you guys, you look scared. You guys, yes. We need that shit, and the black people, don't you, don't say, call the person a racist. But let's start to feel like, why? And this is why I feel that way. Well, man, I'm doing all this, cause, tell them why. Then we can know each other. Come on, b black kids don't go. If you look at the statistics, you know what it is? You white people got nothing to fear because we kill each other. Yes. Statistically, we don't fuck with y'all. So that part, it's really interesting to me, like the role and, and then going to other countries and nobody fucking fears me. Nobody. You don't know what that's like, brother. No. I, it's I, I a fucking you. oh. I hear you. And it's, it's both uh, a relief but also a shock. Mm. To have it not be there. Shock. It feels so good. So you you called fear out in a letter to fear. I did.
in many ways, all that, all that posturing yeah. is a fear response. Of course. Of being, the fear of being feared. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, of knowing that you're in this endless cycle. Endless cycle, man. And no way to control. But hold on, no. I think we have, I have something to do with it. All right. And I have a way to control it. And you want to know how I can do it? Again, I'm boring. I warn you. I look into the fucking mirror. And I got to deal with that dude. And if everybody, if we can all look into the mirror every day, I think it's going to, we have a lot of control. We have so much power, Bill. We got so much power. But we don't know what to, how to use it all the time. But man, I have a lot to do with that cycle because I got a boy. Yes. And it's up to me. How do I raise this boy? You don't want him to grow up with that thing on him. He won't. He won't because I'm making sure. And so is um, Heather's husband. Yes. Right? Yes. So think yes. about it. We Absolutely. do. We do. We have, we have some power. You have some power. Yes. The, the machine told you to fear people like me. Yes. But you're like, come on. My grandkids, come on. It's not like that. My kids, my kids. You know, it's like... And even all the guys in prison that I've met for 20 right. years. See? You're like, come on, this bad? Yeah, there's some scary motherfuckers, but there. come on. But we have a we have a duty, actually, to be discerning right. about what's dangerous and not exactly. dangerous. Let me let me cut to some music, some musical yes. idea. There's a thing you do. I'm trying to think about one of the places that it just really, really blew my mind, the, the way you do it. Uh, there's a song, A Letter to Fear. Now, there's a long history and a long tradition that humans have okay. in situations of conflict is to, is to make music, to, make, to make solidarity, Absolutely. And, to, and to basically change the fear dynamic yes. into the, the, the thriving, embracing, bold, audacious Absolutely. dynamic. My grandmother told me, because I used to be down there a lot, she was like, oh, about blues. She was like, honey, white people thought we were sad. We weren't sad. We, you know, <laughs> I, I, when she said that, I was, I didn't know what it meant at 16, but I was like, I thought about it every year of my life. Damn, they were, that, they were coping. It's a power source. It's a power source. So here's the thing that you do over and over. Mm. Now, and actually, one of the things that I noticed is, it's a musical strategy. Okay. But I'm sure it's... it's I'm, I'm interested. What, is okay. it? what do I do? You, you have a, a verse that is hard. Okay. It's got an edge to it. Okay. Of course. And then you segue into a place right. of beauty. Yes, exactly. I think I do that maybe in my subconscious, but I, you're absolutely... You know, because I've been, had criticism... From some people who've been like, man, why don't you just keep it hard the whole thing? But no. I will carry on yeah. that line. Right. Okay? That Whatever you do to me, I will carry on. Man. Uh, to me, it's like, I'm, I'm like this, and then I'm melted. Yeah. And then I'm like this, and then I'm melted. But I want to tell you, you know something, is that every song I write is for children, my children, your children. I want to say to them, again, I have some control over this. And everything gets better. My son sometimes says, you know, oh, this is not fun. I'm like, you know what? Everything's not supposed to be fun. But yeah, that's life. That's what we do. You know, every day it's not sunny, you know? But it goes, I mean, the, the thing that I hear you doing is you're almost saying, I'm both these things. Exactly. I can be angry. Yeah. I can be um, contentious. And, and, but, I, but, 
you know, I have a, a, a heart here. Oh, absolutely. And it's okay. It, it, it is. It's okay. It's the only way. If you have a bridge or, or a chorus, yeah. if you have two hard pieces, you have to have the other thing in yeah, between. Yeah, you have to. Or, or, you get, or it turns into gangster rap. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, then what is that doing? That's promoting. Look what happened to Tupac. I mean, Tupac is a nice kid. Mother was a Black Panther from all these progressive roots. I want to be hard. I want to be so hard. He, went, he goes out and he beats up a gangster with about 20 people. And guess what? That's not bad. Bad move because Tupac, guess what? That's a real gangster. Now you die. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, yeah, it's a good observation. Part three. Oakland. So cutting to the chase, um, your, one of your major characters, the big character, mm. is Oakland. Yeah. There are lots of places whose story are, t are told ad nauseum. Yeah. The Oakland story is like this vein of gold. I agree. But it's, at least in my mind, it's only there if you cast your gaze on those hyper-local characters and yes. neighborhoods. It's and all right here. Yes. It's all right here. I agree. I, it's just, that's why I record my records here, man. I'm just like... I won't leave here. People are like, you got to go to L.A. and make money. I mean, I struggle. People don't know. I struggle sometimes. I'm raising three kids, but you know what? I believe, man. It's all right here, and we're going to make it. And we're growing, and now more people are coming. It's getting really good. This was the best year I've had, just in terms of this growth and really just seeing that this thing is music, it's film, it's art, it's all these things that are coming together. I got three film people in there. And to this record, I did a documentary, Have You Lost Your Mind, and we shot the whole thing. Fantastic. Yeah. That is great. So, you, but you have a history of working in collective. I do. I grew a lot of weed in collectives. And, uh, but it was, it's good though. It worked out. You know what? Hey, um, my southern roots, my, I said, Grandma, you in the South, tell me about the segregation. Tell me about how it was, how the white man was evil. Foot on the neck. She was like, it shocked me. My grandmother, she goes, honey, we didn't really have no problem with white people. I'm like, what? She goes, because we had our own. We didn't have to ask anybody for it. And I was like, wow. She's like, your great-grandpa? We had a farm, we had hogs, we had this. We go out in the forest, we cut our own Christmas tree. And I'm like, damn. But they were a family and a group of people that owned their own property. But I think that really inspires me. Do you, uh, you know the name Richard Dido? No. He was one of the Watts prophets. Okay, yeah. He tells that story. Yeah. Of, Does he? Of, well, he says, I came west. I lost the, a completely self-sufficient community exactly. that I came from. And we need to get back to that. And I got a whole story on that that I should get. What I'm doing right now is trying to build this uh, hotel and this whole, all these blocks and the California Hotel, Boutique Hotel, the first African-American town. And I'm working on it with some pretty big investors and I'm trying to make it happen. Okay. Who did that in Minneapolis with the Native American community. Oh, Native American, okay. And, and I mean, basically, they said, this renting doesn't work. Nah. we got to own... Be like Chinatown. Exactly. We need to own our own stuff. Yeah. We hire our own people. We tell yes. our own story. Yes. We celebrate our own story right here. What's the name of the community? It is Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Because uh, I go to Minneapolis. And it's the largest urban Native American community in America. I love it. And they created the Native American Development Institute. Wow. And he's a community developer, right? I love it. And basically the approach was culture first. Culture first. Ownership 
food, celebration, getting rid of the liquor stores. Man. <laughs> right? It's my, it's my... And they march down the street, right? You know what I love about that is this was a liquor store, a notoriously bad one. Whoa. This is, I hated this place, Bluebird Liquors. And the last question. All right, then. All right. Is music a change agent? Absolutely. Music's a change agent. Film is a change agent. Art is a change agent. A bakery's a change agent. A coffee house is a change agent. A conversation is a change agent. They're all change agents, but the most important change agent is in your heart. That's the thing. That changes the world. Change your heart, you change the world. Amen to that. And amen to coming full circle back to the power of griot work. Telling the story, sharing the lesson and the history and touching the heart. That's pretty much what makes it indelible. And we certainly hope that's the case for those of you out there listening during these difficult times. Change the Story, Change the World is a production of the Center for the Study of Art and Community. It's written and directed by Bill Cleveland. Our theme and soundscape are by Judy Munson. If you're of a mind, please subscribe, check out the show notes, and join us in the continuing conversation at the Center's website at artandcommunity.com. Now, finally, a bit of a postscript. Shortly after our conversation, when our twin plagues turned the world inside out, Xavier asked his community to share videos in response to the question posed in the title song of his new album, Have You Lost Your Mind Yet? Here's a taste of the soundtrack, and you'll find a link to the video at our website. I think you'll enjoy it. Have you lost your mind yet to get free tonight? What I'm doing during the coronavirus pandemic? Keep your hands in time. Now you see it's free tonight. Yeah.